millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself and for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombus. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombus.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. Hello, welcome to Film Fandango, the film podcast. I'm David Reed and this is Merrick Larwood. Hello, film listeners. <laughs> Sound a bit like a robot film there. Film listeners. Film listeners. <laughs> That's radio, isn't it, really? Yeah, yeah. A film listener. I've become... I'm starting to turn into a robot. You think? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Why, what's happened? All my emotions are... Uh, Ebbing away. Em- empathy with mankind is slowly being lost by the repetition of uh, the same news stories. It's basically cyclical, isn't it? Things go around in circles. That's right. And you know, your life, over your lifetime, you see them repeated again and again, and uh, anything you can do seems fundamentally futile. But that... It's not what this podcast is about. <laughs> not yet, anyway. It's uh, about film. It's about hope. It's about hope and cinema and art. It's about and dreams. Shit. It's about dreams. We're dream weavers, in a sense. Um, or rather, commenters upon them. Uh, we're going to talk about films. Um, again. <laughs> in that repetitive, cyclical way that we do every week. Um, we uh, have seen some... Uh, of the current releases, uh, all Oscar Best Picture contenders, I believe. I think, no, Inside Dawn and Davis wasn't. Is it not? No. Okay. I think it got a night for some BAFTAs. You used to forget this. It's quite blurred, isn't it? It is, yeah. Anything that comes around, out, comes out in January, I automatically assumed assumed that's been nominated for Oscars. Yeah, because they knew it would, and that's yeah. why they released it then. Yeah. yeah. Or maybe if you release your film in January, that means you get nominated. Well, we should start making one for next year. Yeah, January. yeah, aim for that. Yeah. Um, so I went to see The Wolf of Wall Street. Ah, okay. So I've, I've read the reviews, I've not seen it. Uh, tell our listeners what it's about. It's based upon the true story of a man called Jordan Belfort, who was... Um, uh, sorry, my sound's... It, he basically sets up his own stock... He's a training stockbroker. Um, he qualifies for his job the day of the... Um, Black Monday or something on the Wall Street crash mm-hmm. in the eighties. So he finds himself out of a job, and then he finds out you can make money selling penny shares, but selling them for the uh, something corrupt. But I can't remember what anyway. So he sets up his own um, stockbroking f- firm, uh, which is all highly illegal, and they just con people out of lots of money and get them to invest. And Gary Cowan get them to invest without actually giving them their money, and they, they make millions and millions. And they get investigated by um, the CIA or FBI, one of them. It's been nominated for four Oscars. Uh, Leonardo DiCaprio's son. Yep. It's been nominated for Best Actor. 
Jonah Hill, supporting actor, uh, Martin Scorsese, director, and... Um, it's a tiny man. The writing as well. It's not been nominated for Best Film, man. Oh, nominated th- for a Golden Globe for Best Pit- Motion Picture. Have I got that wrong? I thought it was nominated for Best Film. I'm sure it is. I'm sure my IMDb's wrong. It is nominated for Best Film. Yeah. Let me just check that. We'll double check. We'll fact check. I mean, if we're nothing if not thorough. <laughs> on this show. You've got, got a very old now. computer there. It is nominated for Best Picture. Um, yes, so it feels a bit like the original Wall Street. Okay. And across between that and American Psycho. It's a long film. It's about three hours long, as normal Oscar films are. Part of my viewing this film was distracted. I normally go on Monday mornings because that way um, you get the cheap tickets and you get 25% off if you're an Ogin card holder. Right. Um, so I go and watch it. So the cinema's normally empty. And two old ladies came in and they sat two rows in front of me. It's, it's about a 400-seater cinema and there were about <laughs> six people there. And I was really annoyed they sat two rows in front of, in the middle of nowhere. Is it an old me. ladies' film, The Wolf of Wall Street? Well, I thought, you clearly have no idea about what this film is going to be about. They probably sit there and go, oh, it's got that Leonardo DiCaprio. That lovely movie. man from The Great Gatsby. Yeah, that would be nice. We did enjoy that and film. We liked that. It was a bit rude, but we did enjoy it. A bit loud, wasn't yeah. it? Um, so they came and sat down and they just had a chat all the way through all of the trailers. You can chat through the Kevin Bacon E advert, but yeah. they chat all the trailers and they chat through. That is your duty. They chatted through the start until the first person talks. In the that film. is what I hate. I've had that as well. I hate it so much. You shut up when the title card comes up, when it says, you know, what certificate it is and all that. Or, or in fact, you can even, I'd allow you a little bit of a, oh, here we go, yeah, sort yeah, of thing. Yeah. Then you shut up. You don't wait until the first person speaks because it's atmosphere stuff. Some people think that's the that's the uh, idiot. Yeah, so I hated them. I do hate everyone. I'm glad we them. mocked them earlier now. And uh, <laughs> <laughs> I don't think it's a spoiler. So at the opening of the film, he's not in cocaine from someone's sort of pretty much their rectum. Right. Yeah. And that's the first. <laughs> that made the old lady shut up quite quickly. <laughs> So you're counting that as the first time someone talks? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> if a sound is made... I, I Talking is a sound made through a hole. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and then I, I was half watching it to see their reactions of just looking at each other and just tutting that came out. They eventually left about half an hour in. Another obscure thing happened was they... This is my Muswell Hill Odeon who I wrote to complain about a previous uh, list, old listeners might know about I've had problems with them yeah. two films not working um, and I wrote I complained the manager wrote back to me sent to, she sent me some free tickets yeah. to apologise she's never sent those to me um, <laughs> and uh, <laughs> the subtitle they played the subtitles for the first 40 minutes of this film but I didn't notice there were subtitles because I've been watching a TV series over here called, uh, which is a Swedish-Danish series, which is, a, which is great. It's on Netflix. It's called The Bridge or Bron. Yeah. I've been watching the second se- uh, series. I'm starting to say season now. Second series of that, <laughs> which is amazing. That's all subtitles. Right. So you, I watched two hours of that on a Saturday. So my brain was still in subtitle mode. Yeah, this is entirely normal. When I was reading it for ages, <laughs> I was reading the subtitles and understanding it, but not realising... <laughs> 
But it wasn't a foreign and film. Hang on a minute. What am I doing reading subtitles? <laughs> I only worked it out after about 20 minutes. That's a sign you're getting old. Oh. So it was quite an odd start to the film. That's the Muswell Hill Odeon, which manages to sort of completely um, cock up about one in every six or seven <laughs> films. It's an impressive, impressive degree really of incompetence. Incredible. So I've read the reviews of The Wolf of Wall Street. It doesn't sound like my thing. Like, from what I've heard, it's sort of just a, a fiesta of hedonism with no message or twist or anything. It just goes for three hours and then ends. Yeah, I've not really been, I think, enamoured with the this Oscar list I've seen so far. No. And this was... Leonardo, Car- Leonardo DiCaprio's son, mm. I'm calling that because I like... Yeah. He's, very, he's always really good. He's very watchable. But I preferred Wall Street. I preferred... Um, it's almost the, the better, there are better sort of rise to fame films, which are more he- sort of hedonistic in the sense. It wasn't really... Uh, I suppose you could see it as... It, it, it felt quite misogynist in a way, I think. Yeah. But that was reflecting what total monsters they were. But it's whether the the filmmaker's eye comments upon that or does anything with it or just repeats it. It just... I'm trying to think of the film where, where Al Pacino... Is it, is it Scarface where he gets rich and then he goes... I think it is Scarface, I can't remember. That's a rise to power. Film. Yeah, that is a much better sort of version of... Right. Um, and depicts that hedonism much better than, than this. Yeah, yeah. I enjoyed it. I don't think it was great. There weren't any... There aren't any scenes which you think that is a magical scene. That is a, I really love watching that particular person do this particular bit. It was just... Not the cocaine from the rectum scene. Is that not magical? I've seen so many... <laughs> Films with that opening, yes, literally true. that open, that exact opening. Um, it, it's good. It's uh, overly long. Has it got nominated for an Oscar because it's Martin Scorsese? Possibly, yeah. Right, that seems to happen a lot. I it's mean, got... Gangs of New York was nominated when it is one of the most mediocre films anyone's ever made, but yeah. still just went up for the Oscar. Yeah, but that was back then. People said that was because. Uh, the Academy still hadn't given Martin Scorsese an Oscar, so they were mm. desperate to, you know, a little too desperate when it came to Gangs in New York. They didn't, they couldn't bring themselves to do it, and then they gave him one for The Departed. Again, a film probably not worthy of an Oscar. But they, he's got one now, so why do they keep having to nominate his films all the time? I enjoyed The Departed. I did too. Yeah. I don't think it's an amazing film. Yeah, I think this is... Um... Jonah Hill has a really good performance in it. Good, I think good he's, teeth. He's, his teeth are fantastic, but he's very watchable. Uh, it just didn't really. Hit, I don't know if I was in the wrong mood for it. If the old ladies ruined it. The subtitles had a had a, a, a ruined it for me. There's a great cameo from um, um, Matthew McConaughey in it. Okay, who's obviously got really skinny for the Dallas Buyers Club. Yeah. And he's dressed as a Wall Street broker in this, but they must have filmed it at the same time because he looks so odd. <laughs> because he's not playing the sort of AIDS he looks character. Like a, is. a sort of chicken, a sort of scrawny chicken, I it, think. Yeah, but in this, he's not playing like the captain Dallas yeah, Buyers yeah. Club he lost the weight for. So he's like this stockbroker who looks like he's got AIDS and is wearing a wig. It's quite odd. <laughs> it's quite odd. But we've. I, I think I like about Wall Street a bit more. Is it's quite it, it's more innocent and it's got the whole yeah. uh, 
something about eighties. I don't know if it's nostalgia or not. I preferred Wall Street to this. Who's the Who's the antagonist? I mean, because they, in Wall Street, the, it, you know, you've got a battle between Gordon Gecko and then the Young Apprentice, played by Charlie Sheen, who then you know realizes how wrong all of this is. I mean, yeah. is there any kind of story like that, or is it just he went out to get a load of money and he got it, and then then they found out. I think he sort of since has got that undoing, that falling apart bit, okay. which is very reminiscent of Goodfellas, yeah. which I think isn't done as well as Goodfellas, which you know when he's on yeah, in his yeah. car with a helicopter following him and he's making the making the meatballs and that whole day story yeah, yeah, yeah. rating. It's got that sort of bit where everything goes wrong and uh, he get he sort of rediscovers himself. I mean, I suppose as it being a true story, you're limited in what you can do yes. with it. Yes, but. Um, I would rather have seen a documentary about the him himself. Yeah. Well, he's still around, isn't he? Yeah. He's I would find about. that you sort of want to. It's one of those things we think that I enjoyed it, but I'd rather see him tell his story about actually what happened. It might be more interesting than actors doing sort of actory speeches. I don't know. I think I've just maybe I'm filmed out. I'm too critical of these films. <laughs> How many Marricks? I give it six. Okay. It's not going to win the Oscar for you, though. No, but I don't know. What is? I is think... Captain Phillips up for it? Yeah. Uh, you like that. So, uh, American Hustle, Nebraska, Captain Phillips, Philomena, Dallas Buyers Club, 12 Years a Slave, Gravity, The Wolf of Wall Street, and Her. And I've seen The Wolf of Wall Street, American Hustle, Captain Phillips, Gravity, and 12 Years a Slave. And Captain Phillips is my favourite of those. But okay. I'm really intrigued by the ones by her and Dallas Buyers Club. Yeah, yeah. That's, I've see, only seen the trailers for both. They look really good. Have, they haven't come out yet, have they? Uh, no, I think Dallas Buyers Club might be out when this podcast is right, out. Right, right. But, I mean, go and watch it. But um, I was at the gym and I spoke to uh, another guy, one of the gym instructors there, and he was going to, he's, he'd been to see it, and he said it was, he didn't see what all the fuss was about. He said, I enjoyed it, but I didn't see what the fuss was about. Right. That's it, really. That's it. Well, Wolf of Wall Street. It's like my review of it. Yeah, it's all Was right. it a 6 out of 10 review? <laughs> so, yeah, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> you know, I that. enjoyed his review, but I don't know what everyone's talking about it for. Yeah, it it was just... I'd heard a lot of it before in this <laughs> review of it. He said a lot of the same things. It was... I suppose it may have been interesting with a bit about the old lady. There were repeated when, themes from his earlier reviews. I mean, it sounded like he wasn't even listening to himself. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, Wolf of Wall Street. Now we can go to a, a letter here. Yeah. You've been to see. I've been uh, chastised. You've been chastised by uh, one of our. Uh... Oh, he's actually not even written to me. This. No, it's person. only to me. It's a, it's a plea for help. But you can read it out if you like. I don't want to read this out. Well, I... you read it out. Okay. It's a slight Belfast accent, I believe. I've been chastised for doing accents as well. I'm going to do everything really in a monotone voice now. <laughs> Bloody films. This podcast is getting better and better, isn't it? <laughs> really? It's becoming a spite fest. What's, I don't know what's going on. Right, Belfast. Belfast. I can't I can't do it, but can you do Belfast? I can't do one. It, I'm trying to do it now. I, so everyone does that Jerry Adams thing, don't they? That's right. But we will, is that Belfast? I'm pissed off about everything. Everything in the world. I do. This is even more miserable than... My, it's, it's what my accent should be, Belfast accent. That would really compound yeah. the misery. But I'm, I mean, I'm sure... It's the language your soul speaks. Yeah. But I'm sure they're very nice people from uh, the whole of Northern Ireland. Right. Well, I'm going to try it in a sort of 
Northern Irish, but I, I can't really do that. So Go for it. Right. Dear David. Only. Over the past 24 months, I've listened to your podcast on a more and more frequent basis. I found that listening to your dulcet tones critiquing world cinema, cinema this is a bit awkward, cinema has become a staple in my life. It's almost a love letter. It is. The familiarity of your cheeky repo, rep, repertoire has grown from familiarity to friendship, from friendship to love. And it is from this love that I feel I must write now. It is because of love. You've got to say that no. No. <laughs> no. That's it, yeah. Right. Slight Belfast accent. It's half human, half cow. Yeah. That's it. The laughing cow light. Okay. I I became worried when Marek dismissed my suggest my suggestion that Wes Anderson's Rushmore was a classic and should be reviewed. I put this incorrect dismissal down to stress caused by his superstar lifestyle. It's <laughs> fair enough. However, after hearing Marek's lukewarm review of 12 Years a Slave, I have become sure that something bad is wrong with him. This film is outstanding. 12 Years a Slave is the reason why we all put up with such mediocre dross for most of the year. Cinema has allowed this story to be told, and by good grace it was Steve McQueen that directed it. I'm not suggesting that it was not difficult to watch, but it never felt sensationalist. If anything, it was matter of fact. The casting was outstanding apart from Brad Pitt, and the characters delivered the story perfectly. I have not left a cinema so emotionally drained since I watched The Pianist. I found found myself questioning fundamentals in my life, society, and what future generations will judge us on. If this doesn't make a film a 10 out of 10, I'm not sure what does. David, I hope that you have now had time to see the film and, <laughs> and correct this review. Sorry, hope that you now have time to see the film and correct this review. Be kind to Marek as he must be unwilling... Unwell, sorry, as he must be unwell, and please provide support to him through this difficult time. Yours, I don't know what that means, Monty. Well, that is a that is a critical review of yourself. Yeah. Um, thank you, Monty, for your letter. Um, I I actually after having read that letter, made extra effort to go and see Twelve Years a Slave, and have now done so. No, no, I have now done so. Um. So, right, we have to say now like that for the rest of the podcast. <laughs> okay. okay. Um, so, remind me, Marek, what did you give it? I, I gave it like a six or a seven, I think. Oh. I think it's a good, it's a really good film. It is a good film. Yeah. I didn't think that it, and it had some, uh, watching it about a couple of weeks ago, Some because a couple of scenes have stayed with me. Did I really enjoy it as a film? Not especially. I thought it was, I could recognise it's good. It's not a film I watch again. I recognise some issues are important. Has it been done before? Have some issues been done before? Yes. Have they been done in that sort of sort of a matter of fact way? Which I think is something interesting that he he's yeah um, Monty said. That's what's different about it. There's no, think, there's no flashy design. About I think it's it. a very good film. I think. What did you think? I think it's um. I think well, I think it it's. Brilliantly made. The casting is wonderful. Um, I thought Michael Fassbender was incredible in it. Like his performance is wonderful, and Chiwetel Ejiofor is great as well. And everyone is actually. Um, Brad Pitt casting, not bad casting. He suits the role, but for me, 
that was just a little bit, oh, really? Where he's also the producer of the film. So he's clearly put up some of the money or helped it get made and then cast himself as the most heroic character in the film. And I just find that a bit distasteful. Did you, did um, we just said, yes, and I shall play the hero of the piece. Yeah. Um, I found that a bit weird. How did it make you feel? Did you feel, were you moved by it? Um, I found the ending very moving. I found mm. the ending very moving. I wasn't, uh, you know, I, I didn't find myself really understanding... Uh, Solomon, the main character. Yeah, I found him passive and difficult to understand, and that's quite possibly because it's exactly who he was, or or they've omitted some bits. But and it, you know, it, it's it's reality we're talking about. It's based on a true story, you know, r- very closely so. So you can't get your heroic narrative of the struggle and the escapes and all of this stuff. But that would be my only criticism of it, therefore, as a film, is that the story it's based on doesn't lend itself to a fantastic story on the screen. Yeah. I, think it's, I think it's a fascinating slice of history, really well told, beautifully shot and everything. I got bored every now and again. Yeah. And that, that's it. Like, that's, that's the truth. And, you know, I, I thought, you know, I've... I, I thought, I know about this stuff. I found myself thinking this. I just go, I know about this period of history. I know it was awful. And I, I and seeing it, yeah. you know, that does bring it home, I guess. But I, I, I didn't feel I was getting to know a principal character that well along the way. Yeah. Um, but that's fair enough. I mean, and also, Monty, it's really good to hear people's reviews who disagree with us yeah absolutely and, and the fact you loved it so much is, is great and we should tell people that you know it's had that effect on some people I would give it probably for what it is I think it does it almost perfectly I'd give it an 8 or 9 ok um, I just didn't enjoy it as a film I mean after we should stay here We are. it's all subjective our views yeah I do think my it's one thing I'm, I would, I um I read English at university yes and one thing I, I was really intimidated by all the uh you have to read all the classics and all the big, yeah. you know, all well-known, well-known books and stuff like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But and then you sort of think you're stupid when you don't appreciate them. But it's all subjective, yeah. and I wouldn't have to have the sort of courage to go. Actually, I can't. I hate that book. I'm going to give up reading it. I don't like it. Yeah, yeah. That's just me. I prefer Ghostbusters. <laughs> <laughs> I prefer Ghostbusters to Twelve Years a Slave. I was I was thinking after I went to see it that the sort of mundanity of Twelve Years a Slave, which is definitely part of its story you know um if you put it directly alongside Django Unchained mm. which came out uh, last year and is a you know again boldly unapologetically about slavery but a complete fiction yeah I can totally get how you would prefer Django to be told than 12 Years a Slave mm. just because it's revisionist and it's but it, it gives you it, it, it's more empowering than 12 years a slave is mm. you know it's the difference between the the truth and and the fiction you know like i think exactly the same as tarantino did with inglorious bastards mm. um you know that the idea of there being a sort of superhuman force of vengeful uh, jewish people going around beating the nazis at their own game Great, you'd want to watch that if you felt someone born after the Second World War that the, the Holocaust was still hanging over you. The same with slavery. I think it's it's a really interesting thing about whether 
it's more powerful to show painfully the truth than or a complete fiction yeah. that moves us past it. Well, I think next week we're going to talk about we're going to look at some Oscar winning documentaries. Um, and I and I think there's an argument whether the document we get we follow the truth so closely. Yeah. That you might as well. I'd rather see that. that. I don't no. know. I don't know what that line is. I mean, obviously, I'm, I'm not. I'm not saying it's one or the other. I'm saying you know, there's a place for both of them. But it's. It, I just think it's interesting what one does and what the other does. Twelve Years a Slave. I would recommend seeing it. I did. I did enjoy it. Um, yeah. Of. Shall we move on to another letter? Sure. Um, here's a letter from Tim Wade. Tim Wade. Yeah. I'm going to read it in a normal voice. Oh. Hi, Marek. Well, if you can call my voice normal. <laughs> Hi, Marek Stroke David. <laughs> That's an instruction. Yeah. Hi, Marek. Hi, Marek Stroke, Stroke David. David. No, it's... it's uh... Just wanted to thank you for the recommendation via Tom Tuck, I believe, of The Gods Must Be Crazy. I saw it yesterday and absolutely loved it. So much so, in fact, so much in fact, that I just watched the sequel tonight. If anything, it's even better. Some really great lines in it and great performances. So I definitely recommend watching it if you haven't already. So that's nice. So that's yeah. um, you should have watched that. I've really enjoyed that film as well. Yeah, we've had some good reactions from The Gods Must Be Crazy. I've still not seen the sequel, both available on Netflix and elsewhere. Um, yeah, really good. Really good. Guess what? Uh, I don't know. Our um, nine-year-old listener, who now must be ten, Alex Wishart has written it. No. Yeah. What's he want? I shouldn't really sort of be reading out emails from ten-year-olds in the same podcast I've open with someone <laughs> if you're listening Alex don't ever snort <laughs> cocaine off a rectum okay well, if you want go- to I mean you know hi guys I recommend Sherlock Holmes A Game of Shadows I give it 9.5 Alex's as it needed more slow motion things I don't know what to call them still loving the show oh yes you meant and he's written again so you meant the first Sherlock film so there we go a 9.5 Alex that's wow. quite good it's very stylish I mean um, have you seen it it's the yeah. Guy Ritchie one with uh, Robert Downey Jr. I preferred Jr. the first one. Yeah, yeah. 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 Um, the slow motion bits are great. And they then, I think, borrowed them for uh, Sherlock the TV series. With his whole... Foom, 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 you know, the noises looking at things. And the whole Sherlock thing has become too much like Doctor Who. It's I exactly can't... like Doctor Who now. It's the same show, basically. Yeah, I don't like it. I don't like the way when all these weirdos geeks everywhere... Hey, guess what? There's a letter and there's another letter. <laughs> I think you're sort of... Uh, I've become a monster. You have become a bit of a monster, but that's all right. As long as you're aware of it, you can be a tragic monster. Uh, Alan Sharp, this is. Edinburgh or South London. Uh, I'll do South London. Um, South London. Seth. Seth London. Seth London. Oh, sort of... A sort of Victorian cockney. Yeah, I do that, do that. Right. Hello, Medic and David. Having listened to your latest podcast, it's just gone South African. Right. Tickety boo. Um, having listened to your latest podcast discussing Vince Tax Dodge Born, I felt the need to point out, Corblimey, that his latest <laughs> offering, Delivery Man, is in fact a Hollywood remake. The original, Starbuck, is a French Canadian film from as recently as 2011, as is actually very good, sir. I'm sure this will do little to dissuade Merrick from regarding delivery men as a means of swindling tax. In fact, Governor, you'll rightly think even less of the film, given they didn't even come up with the original idea in the first place. 
I only hope that any listener, listeners about to go see Vince un- unconvincingly trunch his way through a soulless remake instead, stay at home and watch Starbuck. It's on Netflix. All the best, Alan. God bless you, Governor. Thanks, Alan. So watch Starbuck on the, on Netflix. Does that make you uh, hate Delivery Man even more that uh, you know it's a remake of a film from three years ago? Yeah, I do. It was the same with Contraband, that Mark Wahlberg film, uh, that was just a remake from a Scandinavian film, I think. And when I interviewed him about it, he was like, yeah, well, it's great because it's got a great story, it's it's all there for the taking, and no one's bloody seen it. Mm. <laughs> I was like, mm. It's so good. It's so sad. Mm. Should we talk about the other film I went to go and see? You went to go and see what other film? I went. I went to see. I need to put to go and see. Went to go and see. It's terrible, isn't it? People. Everyone's saying like the whole time. Everyone's starting. We're talking about before the show started. People who start sentences with so. Yeah. Stop. Everyone stop doing that. Or end sentences with so. So Uh, I went to. Uh, ends them with so uh, so that they can be funny like Ricky Gervais so I've got I've got to start liking things again um, well I went to go and see the Coen Brothers latest film uh, which is called Inside Llewellyn Davis does it start with an entry into a rectum or no I mean that would have been the perfect start for it shall I tell you what it's about please it's about a week in the life of a folk singer Llewellyn Davis um, he was um it just sort of follows him around sort of New York as things just generally go wrong in his life. And he's in a folk wasn't a folk partnership, but his partner um committed suicide. It's an uh, and it's just about things gradually going wrong, him losing his neighbour's cat and then it feels yeah, it's just a a bad week in someone's life. Okay. Uh, it's set in the uh, set in 1961, around Greenwich Village, which is a place in New York. A bit Simon and Garfunkel. A little bit like that, yes. And and the lead's played by Oscar um, Pistorius. I- uh, no, <laughs> he's probably in prison by now. Oscar Isaac, who you might recognise as the guy in in Drive, who uh, is the um, Kerry Mulligan's husband. Oh yes, in Drive has a beard. Yeah, and he looks quite a lot different in this. Um, and Kerry Mulligan's in this as well as another folk singer and so is Justin Timberlake makes a performance I really like Justin Timberlake on screen really yeah well, he's, he's really good he's, he's uh, grown up on screen hasn't he I think he's very good in everything he does I, yeah, really, yeah. I really like watching him perform um, as usual Coen Brothers film it's, got, it's beautiful it just looks amazing um, a, a Serious Man uh, was one of my favourite films of last year that I saw um, which I thought was spectacular this is a bit. I dare I say it. I found it boring. Really? Yeah. I don't know if ever I misunderstood it, because it's almost about um, the singer of the folk band, and he's lost his partnership, and he's not a front man. Yeah. And I don't know whether it's a film about they're trying to make the lead about about someone who's not, not necessarily a lead. I see. Whether that's their story, and yeah. it's a guy who's not even he's not really going anywhere. Well, they played with the form previously on No Country for Old Men. I thought. Yeah. Where. Irritatingly, for some people, it just abandons the lead character yes, towards yeah, the end. Yeah. And I, I, I read that, I might may well be wrong, but I read that as an entirely intentional move uh, because the, uh, uh, what's his name, uh, Tommy Lee Jones's character yeah. 
has to let go of these stories because he's getting himself killed because he's no longer a young man. Yeah. He has to let go of these cases, rather. And so when he lets go of it, you no longer get to see what happens. Yeah. I thought that was a really interesting use of the form. But yeah. is this... Well, the protagonist isn't... He's not likeable. Uh, right. uh And he's quite selfish... Um it really does show the folk world, a separate world where they play whole folk songs. So it's just him singing a whole song at the start of it. And it's quite long and drawn out. Uh, there's good cameos by John Goodman. Uh, he's, oh, he's Cohen's go-to guy, isn't he? But yeah. he's brilliant. I saw Barton Fink for the first time recently okay. trying to catch up on old Cohen's I'd not seen. And he's amazing. Isn't yeah. That? And Kerry Mulligan's in it. Uh, just sort of being Kerry Mulligan, really. Does she sing a whole song like she, she does sings, in Shame? She sings a bit of a song and she just looks into the... Does that Kerry Mulligan face that she does. Um, I don't... I sort of think it's sort of everything's... In, they intend everything in the film. They intend it to have a certain feel. Yeah. They're so all over it because they edit it and they shoot it. Yeah. They just do every single part of the process. They're total sort of alters, which is great. But I don't know whether they're, it's just sort of... Trying to be anti-film in some way, I don't know. Mm. I admit I don't understand it, and I would really appreciate any insights. Have you ever not people. liked a Cohen Brothers film before? Yes, I think I've got mixed opinions on them. Some I love, some I. Uh... There's only one I've not really liked. Which one was that? Um, I've only seen about half of Barton Fink, the... and I got a bit annoyed by it. Barton Fink they wrote in two weeks while they were having writer's block. Okay, and is a bit of a. Uh, postmodern disappearing up their own rectum kind of thing in terms of it's about a writer's process and yeah. you know dreams and aspirations and all that I think it is very good um, The Man Who Wasn't There I didn't like um, I've seen that quite is that the Billy one? Bob Thornton Scarlett Johansson black and white film I thought that was alright okay some I really love like Fargo obviously is great A Serious Man I loved uh, and Hudsucker Proxy I think is amazing um, yes yeah, oh, Brother We're Out that was good hmm. Blood Simple's good I like the look of their films Big Lebowski obviously I think it's great we've got these people making these yeah. odd films that, that in Hollywood that different films did you see Burn right. After Reading y- yes ages ago I think no not ages ago it sort of didn't work for me Burn After Reading it didn't quite work for me either but I did enjoy it I think they just go ahead and make it. And they go, here's an idea. I was reading an article about saying they just they always had a joke about this folk singing getting beaten up. They decided to go and make a film about it. I get the impression they don't really give a shit about anyone else yeah, yeah. other than making the film that they want to make. Um, and it's got a cyclical sort of style to it. I can't really say that. It needs to spoilers. So you, you don't know whether this film is... It feels almost like a hungover nightmare in a way. <laughs> Which is his life as essentially a hungover nightmare. I like that idea. I I just didn't find him engaging enough or the folk scene. Something I I hate folk music, so that doesn't really help. Um, it was interesting, but long, and I can see why it wasn't on the Oscars list and not my favourite Cohen's. You never know what you're going to get, really. No, no, but they are always interesting in some way. Mm. I mean, they're they're the kind they're the kind of filmmakers who I will always eventually track down everything they've ever done you know I will I will slowly f- fill in that list until mm. I've seen everything because it's it's sort of worth it um. so that's it that's my review of that film alright how many Marricks five five really five okay okay just 
all right, fairly boring, looks beautiful, quite quirky and odd, but not didn't really. What do you think of Carrie Mulligan? Everyone's in love with her, aren't they? Some people just seem I'm not to be... sure they are anymore. I think they were briefly. I don't know if they are. Do they have reason to be in she's, this film? She's got a, a look that she does, which is, which she doesn't drive a lot, and uh, various other films, which is quite engaging. Yeah, but she seems to do that look quite a lot. I saw that film. What's with... it called? The Mulligan. It was the sort of Mulliganing. She, it's a sort of face staring to the distance and quite cutesy, but then also... Isn't it a sort of, oh, you, <laughs> sort of sort of look, is that right? But no one else can do it. It's very specific to her, but she does it quite a lot. Um, I'm about to cry. Thank you for getting me there. Is that what it is? Is that what the mulligan is? That's a different version of it. I mean, she's got two or three different versions. She no, does. she hasn't. <laughs> But it is that about to is the about to cry cry thing. Yeah, but she's not sad. Yes. Maybe it's how she looks naturally. Well, maybe she's just lucky. That's it. That's her look. I saw that one with her and Kira Knightley and Andrew Garfield, uh, where they're all clones. Never let me go. Is it? Yeah. Yes. Yeah, yeah. I quite enjoyed. Interesting. Did you? Not enjoy. I didn't. I don't enjoy anything anymore. <laughs> I thought they again. They were very passive. Uh, maybe that was the point they'd been bred to be but it was um, I thought there was some mismatch of performance I could not work out whether Carrie Mulligan was exceptional or not because whatever she was doing it was like she was in a different film to Andrew Garfield and Kira Knightley are you trying to say that Carrie Mulligan is a clone and therefore cannot experience human emotions so that when she's acting, she, we are attributing emotions to her facial features which aren't necessary. She doesn't feel anything. She's like a beautiful painting. She's a lifeless robot, you're saying. Are you saying that? I know, I'm saying she's a walking, talking Mona Lisa. We just look at it and we just attribute things to to her face. I do think she's got some, the Mona Lisa look. She's got the Mona Lisa The look. modern Mona Lisa's, that look into the distance, the mulligan. The mulligan. The mulligan the... <laughs> Mulligan Lisa. Who knows? Lovely soup. Um, yeah, well. All right. Inside Llewellyn Davis. Don't, don't, don't rush to go see it. What we're trying to say is don't go cinema anymore. Yeah. No, we're not saying that. We're trying to say keep watching the films. I keep watching those. If you want to write in, thank you very much to everyone who's written in lately. Yeah, thank you. We'll get round to all of your emails eventually. Um, if you'd like to contact us, then please do so. Email us at dearfilmfandango at gmail.com. Uh, that's the best way to get a letter read out or if you just want to talk to other uh, Film Fandango listeners then you can go to Facebook forward slash Film Fandango or talk to us on Twitter Mm -hmm. at Film Fandango and we do all of this for free so here's the begging bit where uh, we we have costs to go and see films and all of that so if you'd like to donate to our running costs so that we can keep Film Fandango being free then you can do so by going to filmfandango.co.uk and following the link from there and last year thanks to your donations they paid exactly almost breaking even point for us to put the bro- bro- podcast together yeah yeah but we still pay for all our cinema tickets that's right we haven't got that far yet <laughs> But thank you for your generous donations. We really uh, appreciate it. Really um, appreciate it. Also, you can follow us on Twitter at Mr. David Reed or at Marit Larwood or at Film Fandango or something else. Oh. Something.
Mr. David Reed. Okay. I think that's how we should pronounce it from now on. From now on. Now on. <laughs> Keep watching the films. Bye. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more and is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.